Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields, episode 123. I'm here with co-host Guy. Uh, another action-packed episode. Um, thank you for all the lovely messages we got on last week's episode with Sir Nick Faldo. Went down a treat. 
Um, he was fantastic, wasn't he, actually? He was, I, I've been fortunate this last few days. I've been out golfing, which we'll come on to. And I've bumped into a number of people who listen and watch the podcast. They love Nick Faldo. Yeah. It's like, it's one of our most popular guests by, by a long way. Oh, yeah. And I think we obviously spoke about it before the podcast. We kind of just missed his era of dominance. Mm. Like, I started golf in 97. I think we were about the same. Yep. And coincidentally, the same year Tiger won the Masters. Um, but Nick Faldo handed Tiger the Masters jacket because he'd won it in 1996. And that was his last major tournament that he won. So it's kind of just, obviously I've always known who Nick Faldo is, but never saw him in his prime. So it's all kind of hearsay or what I've seen in, on archives and stuff. It's a shame kind of missed him because obviously being a Brit as well, the fact he's the most decorated English golfer ever. Uh, yeah, we just missed him, but great sitting down and chatting to him. And it was the same what we've said with Seve. Like I know how much of a legend Seve's in the game. Obviously, I think everyone playing the game does. You don't quite feel the same. Everyone we know is like 45, 50. They say like Seve, Faldo, and we're so much more like the Tiger era. Yeah. I wonder if now there's so much more footage online though as well, even this modern day, that kids growing up in 10, 20 years' time, they will appreciate Tiger almost more than we could appreciate like a Faldo because it's there to watch. Well, I, I kind of always already think they do. Like when I when we bump into like young lads or like let's say Leo Boniface that yep. we bumped into like when you ask him who's his favourite golfer yep. it is still Tiger I'm talking even in 20 years when Tiger's like yeah. retired because all his footage is still going to be there yeah yeah you're probably right actually if you had a choice right now and you had to remember one career is there a golfer that stands out that we didn't live through so is it Jack Nicholas? is it Gary Player is it Arnold Palmer is it uh, ben Hogan or Seve or Greg Norman or Cynic Faldo. I think for me it's got to be Nicholas because obviously the 18 major wins, he's the absolute legend of the game. He literally is the GOAT. I think you can't really argue with that no. if you go off majors one. But over. He's the granddaddy GOAT. Exactly. Goat. But over the last probably year with our infinite trips to St Andrews, also old Tom Morris, like yeah. the way that he kind of founded all these golf courses and how we play the game today, I think. He is slept on by a lot of people. Yeah. people. More people, obviously real, real golf kind of fanatics know about him, but more casual golfers should read up on old Tom Morris. Yeah, and, what he did and, for the game yeah. is pretty incredible. Yeah, I think for me, I'd probably go Seve. Would you? Yeah. Like being in, in almost inside the ropes, seeing him play from like the kind of everything you hear about how he reacts with the fans mm. and his personality, his charisma. Um, I'd have loved to have lived through that era. And obviously, like when we spoke to David Cannon, like he oh, can't speak fan. more highly of him. Yeah. And he's been in golf for, for many, many years. Um, like, I, I just think for me, Seve would have been one that I'd have been like, oh, yeah, imagine, imagine. The fleur, the finesse. Yeah, just the, the character, the, the way he actually made his, his wins. Um, but then again, like you say, I'd love to see, like, how, how if you remember all the times Tigers won majors, mm -hmm. and we, we've lived through all that. Think about all the times he's won majors. Yet Nicholas has still won more. Like, all the second places as well. Loads That's of second the thing places. That's you forget about how competitive he was. Anyway, so that was great to have him on the show. Um, and we've got a video coming out with him this week where I challenged him to a duel. <laughs> Instead of a duel in the sun, it was a duel in the wind at Cruden Bay, uh, which will be coming out this week. That was a fantastic. Spoiler alert. He can still bloody play golf. Faldo is still a baller. <laughs> and that's, you know what? That, that's obviously, it's an amazing video coming soon. I can't wait for people to see it. And there's been a lot of comments on the Facebook group asking about when it's coming. It's coming very, very soon. 
The only slight, not not downside is, like you said, it was so windy. But yeah, we got an amazing video. One video I'd love to have done with him. We couldn't do it. We didn't have the time and it was too windy. Would be to watch him play 18 holes. Because yeah. one thing that always fascinates me, and we got a glimpse of this, which people will see in the video, is these guys that when they retire and stuff and you don't see them play as much, obviously they lose that feel. They don't hit it as far, et cetera, et cetera. But how relentless they are and how much experience they have of getting the golf ball around the course. Yeah. And I would love to see, like, it sounds stupid, but, like, I would love to, like, a Faldo or somebody play, like, my golf club's club championship yeah. in the summer of yeah. back tees yeah. against guys who are plus one who play every week and see actually how he does because I imagine they would Surely just wipe the floor. Oh, I, I, I 100% think they would. Like, he was being quite modest about his golf game. He was very humble game. about his golf game. Like he said, he plays nine holes every now and again with his wife and, you know, if he... If he very rarely breaks par is over the moon, but he, he often often doesn't. I would imagine around most normal golf courses, and that's the thing, I don't know what type of golf course he plays over in America. I'm sure he has to Not playing pitch and putts, is he? He probably has to play off the bat tees because yeah, yeah. he's like, obviously, six-time major champion. It's Sir Nick Faldo, etc. But if you put him around a normal golf course, like even if you're talking around Marriott, like, I just think he'd absolutely kill it. But equally, he, he did come across quite humble and stuff, but... Imagine you were world number one, six-time major champion. Champion, your normal round of golf when you're going just for a knockabout. You're going to be and not all the time. You're going to be five under, six under, seven under, maybe ten under sometimes. If he goes and plays one over now on a dead hard course, he's probably like so. He knows that's so bad if you like compared to what he would have done in yep. his day. That it's like if you're an athlete, you could do a five k in thirteen minutes, and then when the fifty, it's now twenty one minutes, for example. That's still a good time, yeah. but for them, it's garbage. I remember speaking quite a lot to. So the old, old pro at Mia, when I was there, Eddie Goodwin, bless him, he's actually passed away this week or last oh, wow. week, I think it was. He was well into his 90s. But he would play golf. And I'd, I'd often kind of bend his ear a little bit on about, you know, you've obviously played golf for 60-odd years, no, longer than that, like maybe 80 years. And obviously you've played at a really high level. I think he's played in the Open and stuff back in the day. Like how do you now, as an 80-year-old man, still find the enjoyment because he was known for hitting it unbelievably straight, but obviously he's not got the distance yeah, yeah, yeah. of what he had. And he says he finds it really frustrating. Does he? Yeah. I thought you were going to say the opposite then. He's no, not bothered. He finds it really frustrating because he remembers in his mind that's, yeah, that's how true. he used to play golf. Yeah. And I'm like, that's going to be the same with us. 100%. Like, we're going to, we, you now at Top Golf are going there and smashing it and often getting top of the leaderboard. What's yeah. that beeping? Just my laptop. <laughs> um, it's not going to happen to you forever. No. Well, you know what? Sad reality. S similar to that. <laughs> similar to that, but also, is I will come on to admit, I played a lot of golf this last week and I've got the golf bug back <laughs> big time. But I was never an amazing, amazing golf, as you well know. But I was, in my junior days, I was I was decent. And one of my strengths was driving the golf ball. I would stand over the ball and just pick a target, and not all the time, but most times, hit it roughly where I want to. Now when I stand over the golf ball, jokes aside, I don't know where it's going. And it yeah. can go well, but it can equally go 100 yards right or left. And I was thinking the other day I was playing at my home course, like growing up there, I wouldn't stand on a tee and worry. I'd be picking my target and again, most likely hitting it roughly in that vicinity. Now, it scares me how much I'm looking out of bounds, hazards at mm. trees. And I can't imagine going back to just standing there and not worrying about that. Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> is it is it a little bit like when you're a kid, you jump on a roller coaster and you don't even think about yes. dying, do you? <laughs> like really, let's be honest. Must like be. When you're a kid, you jump on a roller coaster and your arm, arms are up in the air and you're screaming and you're loving it. 
now I sometimes now and I never thought I'd be this person and I look at a roller coaster and go I wonder when the last health and safety check of this was yeah I wonder I wonder what's gonna I wonder if a wheel's gonna fall off or the harness <laughs> is gonna unclip and it, as you get older you start to worry a little bit more about these things I wonder if it's a bit like golf like I'm the same my my um what's the right word my um negativity often leaks into my brain and guess what the outcome is negative mm. like it's never going to be a positive outcome um <laughs> yeah anyway I, I, love golf. Roller coasters. I love golf but i also hate golf but speaking of loving golf we've obviously recently we've talked about a lot on the podcast we've been hitting a lot of balls we've been top tracer in we've been long driving yeah you're starting to play a lot more now. The summer's coming. Yeah. Um, exciting news. I can't remember if we touched on it. Podcast before last. Break 75 is back soon. Yeah. First one's in the can. First one's filmed. So we're not going to give any spoilers away. Should we say where you played yet? I don't want to keep that under wraps. It was in Scotland. It was in Scotland. I played with you. I beat you. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I played and played badly. Um, you played. We'll come on to that when the video's ready. Um, but it was nice to see you back out on the golf course. It was. And it's... Again, some people know we talked about this before, but what? Sorry, this microphone, this um, headphone wise, doing me head in. So if you're yeah. watching this, it's not me, normally. It's, it's not you know why? It's in. Not norm- I know. It's not normally. So in can there. I undo that? No, it doesn't matter. Um, but the driving range and the golf course are two different, two different beasts. Yeah, really. Um, are. And I think for you, again, not just on the score, but I think you've got some very good scores coming this year if you can take that driving range to the golf course. Well, Elaborate. Well, I've played. I played twice in the last week. Now. I must admit, they're probably not the best barometer on my golf ability at the moment because they were they were boozy affairs. Rick likes ale. Rick likes ale. He so is a lad. I feel like in America, it's very, very common for golfers to play with drinking beer, isn't it? It like feels we, that way, whether seem, that's wrong or not. It seems like when you're in America, you've got the cart, the, the well, they call them cart, cart girls that come yep. around serving you drinks. I, it's never in our culture, is it, really? Not really. You might see somebody sneaking four cans in the golf bag, but it's not quite the same vibe. No. So anyway, last week, uh, Thursday, Friday last week, I was with a group of pals. One's moving to Australia, so we're having kind of a bit of a leaving do, and another one's getting married, so it's a bit mm-hmm. of a stag do. So we decided to have two days of golf, plus beer, plus poker, plus night out in Liverpool. Okay. So Thursday, Paddy's day. St. Patrick's Day. Um, I managed to get me and three of my pals on at JCB. Nice. One of my favourite places in the world, obviously. You shot 82. I didn't, actually. I'll tell you what I shot in a minute. (laughs) So, again, it was very relaxed. There was no filming. It was dead chilled. It was a beautiful day. Um, Cans on the golf course? Cans at at beers from half 11. It's just stupid. AM. So, me and me me and a pal, uh, because it was Paddy's Day, Couple of, of Guinnesses, course, yeah. couple of Guinnesses before we played. We then loaded the buggy full of drink bottles of Moretti, um, and for the full day, I mean, I don't advocate this for any young fans watching, but I reckon by the turn by nine holes, and we went to the halfway house naturally, and had a, had a pie, no sausage rolls, pie, still mint, prefer pies. Um, and by the time we probably got to halfway house, I reckon I was. Seven beers deep. Richard. Playing really good. <laughs> well, not you really two good, balls? But playing nicely. And um, I think because it was steady for that long period of time, I didn't really get affected that Seven badly. beers in nine holes. Sorry you about animal. that. Well, two, two before we played and about five for the 
by the time we got to the turn. Um, so we're having a match with a couple of other... Uh, so John Beasley, who's my really good friend, he's off plus six. Right, he's a baller. He really is. He can really play. Um, him and his brother versus me and Mike, the two that were drinking the most. <laughs> the, the brothers weren't really drinking, but me and Mike were on it. Um, anyway, we had a fantastic match, and it went all the way down to the 18th. Um, I made, and I'm going to put an asterisk against this. Okay. I made a birdie on 17. Second ball. Yes. So you got four. So that, Well... I made two fours. So <laughs> so um, I hit my first one left. Is it, so people listening, this is the 200-odd-yard downhill, par three, surrounded by water and a on, beach. On, on my watch, where the pin was, it was saying it was 267 yards That's ridiculous, par, par three, three. Covered in water. But obviously, it's a bit downhill, so it's playing about 230-ish. So I hit a three iron, and I've never parred this hole ever in regulation play. Uh, I hit this first shot, and I pulled it a little bit to the left, and it went, you know, well... I didn't, didn't see it down, so I was like, oh, God. I thought, well, I better hit provisional, even though I, you can drop it over there. I'll hit provisional. Literally put it to this. Oh, I'll show you the shot. Oh, that was we real. Get, I know. We didn't get a video of it, of actually hitting the shot, but I got the outcome. They show the actual outcome. So this it's ridiculous. Could, this could be fake, but... It's, well, it's not. <laughs> if you're listening, you want to see Rick's uh, fake shot, it will be on the video version of the podcast. We'll put it on. Uh, where's it gone? That's how close I hit Let's it have a 17. look. You see the pitch mark? Yeah, for that's very close, to be fair. So, not that in for my four... Um, but then the match, I needed to win the hole really because we were we were down currently. So I went to find my original one. I found it in the back. So I played it from the back. So I needed to try. And I make know a three. you got a four with that ball. But I still made a four with that. And then ball. you got a, not the other one for a fake four. Yeah, so both fours. Right. But uh, luckily we halved that hole and then lo- kind of lost on the last. But either way, um, <laughs> I got just glossed over. <laughs> I think I shot six over. That's not bad. Which wasn't bad considering there was. That is not bad at if, all. If I had a handicap for each drug drink I drank I'd have been like seven under um but that was really good then we stayed at the one of the lodges played poker all night um I'd load more beer and then the next day um played at hillside oh nice beautiful day and we were joined by three other pals there were seven of us in total so two two groups um and we played and uh Tommy Fleetwood actually saw it out for us did he? It's a group, yeah. It's what nice a one. flex that flex. is. What's um, that noise? Oh, it's just, just Rick <laughs> dropping names. So he he, uh, he looked after the lads for me, so that was nice, very nice of him. That so, did you tell them that Tommy Fleet would sort it out for you? Well, weirdly, <laughs> this is mad. As Why didn't you tell Tommy Fleet to sort it out for you? As much as I know Tommy, it was actually a mate of mine who knows Tommy and his wife, and he sorted it through Oh, them. right, okay. Because I, I thought, well, I'll bank, when I want Tommy's assistance, I want, Augusta. So you're telling me you can't sort out Hillside yourself? You need Tommy Fleetwood to do it for you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Basically. That's a surprise. I didn't try, to be honest. I could have tried. If could've, I wanted to. Yeah, you could have. If, you'd if wanted I to. wanted to play it, I would have played it. I could have. So was this boozy at Hillside or were you more well-behaved? Well, the problem was, so I didn't, I completely forgot about this. So I drove to Hillside from JCB and then after the long morning of, Freshen up. To be honest, I've, I've not even told you the best part yet. I can't believe this. So obviously the chipping green round JCB, yeah, is phenomenal, it's very right? Good. So me and John, uh, my mate who's plus plus six, we had a little chipping comp. Now he's, he's, as you can imagine, he's pretty good, right? Yeah. I played some of my best chips I've ever hit in my life, <laughs> mixed with some of the worst chips I've ever played in my life. Nice, but, but some of the best ones, and there was about three of them where I literally couldn't have played it any better. Literally perfect. Anyone else in the world I would have beat. Anybody, yeah. John put it inside me each time. So it's like, I lost. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we spent all morning chipping, having some breakfast, chilling out. The Friday was quite busy at JCB, so chatting to a few guys who had been playing there that day, and it was just 
it was lovely vibe, right? Jumped in the car straight to Hillside. Uh, got to Hillside. So I had loads of beers left in, in my car. From Naturally. The, from the day before. Bought a big box of Moretti. Bought a bit of Moretti, yeah. So pile, started piling the bag, right? Yep. And a couple of other mates of mine had, had like electric trolleys. So I'm piling their bags full of beers, <laughs> right? They're going, Rick, we don't want to drink. We should not play golf, <laughs> mate. You're like, we've been now. What a stag do? What a stag do slash leaving do? Um, and I thought, air of the dog. Let's let's. So um, I had a quick beer before we played. I had a Guinness at about twelve or something, and then got on the first tee, got my bottle opener out, and, and I put it to the bottle. And I thought, hold on, I'm driving after this. Ah, oh, I was driving to Liverpool after it. So I was like, oh. I was like absolutely devastated. I mean, it sounds really bad, this, doesn't it? But um, I think it really affected my round. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually play a lot better drunk because um, on Friday with a hangover and no topping up of beer, possibly the worst I've ever played. Well, there life. we go. Let's do a drunk break 75. <laughs> Honestly, horrendous. My hands were in bits, shaking. Really, um, have you got a, a problem? <laughs> I shanked one on the 10th, you know, love of the par three. Yes, I do. Like, proper shanked one. Oh, no. A double hit of chip. Standard. Um, a, a duff. Does it count anymore, though? Does it double chip? Well, it only still only went 10 yards. A duff, <laughs> an eight iron, bump and run. Like a bump and run with an eight iron, I duffed it. I fatted it. I don't like seeing you hit bad golf shots, but <laughs> I'm that bad with a driver and worry about it so much, and you hit yours so well. I like seeing you having some... <laughs> Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some uh, vulnerability on the golf course because it's a horrible feeling, isn't it? Stood over the ball, not then, know what's going to happen. No, but then, weirdly, it's still in this mixture of madness. I played some of my greatest golf shots I've ever hit in my life. I'll tell you the one very quickly. The second hole, the par five. Yes. Remember it with the yeah, railway down the left-hand yeah, yeah, side, right? Terrified about this railway for some reason. I played mint the day before, JCB, but obviously beer fear got over me on the mm. second hole at Hillside. I blocked it miles right, like literally so far right. I'm shouting my head off, four right, four right. And if you remember the third green that kind of comes back on itself, yes. I was at the front of the third green, yeah, I've been there. miles right, right? So I'm walking up there and I'm thinking, oh God, this is embarrassing. Was there somebody walking down three? There was there was three older guys on the on the green on three, <laughs> right? So I'm walking over there thinking, oh God, this is horrendous, right? Thinking I've just hit an horrendous shot. I'm not feeling brilliant today for some reason. I'm at the front of the green. For some reason, did you say? <laughs> I'm at the front of the green with a slight downslope, like, oh. like going away from me. And all I can think of, well, I can't like weirdly lay this up because there's nowhere to lay it up. So I pull old Bluey out old trusty so i'm waiting for these three guys to play the hole yeah get right? rid of them because so they're out the way they say to me oh no um after you let's see how it's meant to be done after you well i'm thinking well i've already blocked this 70 yards off the tee yeah right don't expect magic from here <laughs> i'm on a downhill lie i'm thinking oh god this is so embarrassing this could literally i could top this right in front of me i've got loads of rough and hazards and everything to carry right tight lie really tight Oh, Bluey. I'm like, come on, boy. come on, just please do it for me, please. No level of confidence. I clipped it off the front of the of the front of the apron of the front of the green. Not a blade <laughs> of grass was damaged. And I and and I'm and I hit it and I'm thinking, that felt ridiculous. I'm turning, I'm holding my finish, thinking, holy <laughs> balls flying. Like I've absolutely nailed that and i'm holding my finish like rory mcelroy yeah of like, course i'm literally looking at this golf shot in, in disbelief quite simple disbelief i'm thinking how the hell have i just hit that shot it's the greatest shot i've ever hit in my life like these guys behind me must be thinking i'm bloody the best golfer ever i turn around 
They weren't even watching. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even giving me an... Guys, guys. <laughs> they weren't giving me an ounce of like... Of, of notice, right? Which I respect. Yeah. Well, if you'd hit a bad shot, that would have been perfect. I respect. I then turned to my other mates who were, who were down the left-hand side playing the actual hole correctly. They, they, were, they didn't oh, even see it. So no. I'm, I'm bouncing over there. I'm like thinking I'm the bloody dog's bo- I'm bouncing over there. And I'm like, guys, did you see that shot? And they're like, no, I didn't see it. I'm like, you joke. Literally nobody saw this three-wood shot. And I'm like, I can't believe it. Anyway. Um, well, thankfully, there's 100,000 people <laughs> listening now who know about the shot. Well, yeah, but no one saw it. Next tee, I get up there. I pull, I pull, I I bought a new pencil bag, by the way. I pull the pencil bag. The bloody strap breaks. <sighs> what brand was that? Name um, and shame. Starts with a P. Pink. No, it, Starts with a P, ends in a G. There's I in the middle. I read X. Oh! No, it's not an X. Oh, it's I was going to say, don't be a PXG. It's a new little pencil bag that I bought oh. and a strap broke. So you know like, why that'll be all the beers? Well, to, yeah, well to, no, because after, I realized, beer, after I realized I couldn't drink, I put them all back in the car, sulking. God. So, anyway, uh, we lost that match royally. But then, weirdly as well, I played some incredible shots. Like a three-wood, I made a great birdie on a par three. I slam-dunked an iron shot. It popped out the hole. Oh. Um, yeah, but anyway. Unfortunately, none of this counts. It was on camera. None of it. Um, well, you know what? It's the first time in a long time, I must admit, walking around Hillside thinking, bloody hell, I'm glad the cameras aren't here today because this, this wouldn't have Well, the beauty anywhere. is we've done one Brick 75 <laughs> so far. There's many, many more coming this year. You've got more time to sharpen up on the golf course and at the range, so I'm expecting <laughs> medium things from you this year. I was going to say big, let's not get carried away. Um, but anyway, Rick, slight change of subject. Um, my name is Guy Chalmers. Hi, <laughs> Guy, sorry. And um, I love golf. You love so golf. This last, golf th- this last week, I have massively got the golf bug back, and it's kind of happened weirdly, um, accidentally. So we've been going to the range a lot, which we've touched on many times. I've been in a long drive at Top Tracer just for fun. I love going the range. But I've not even taken that to the course much this year. My goal this year was to play more golf, as I know you're, you've got the same kind of goal as well. But this week it's happened. So yeah. Tuesday, driving range. Yeah. Wednesday, we went to the golf course, the par three course, Adlington. Was that Wednesday? Oh, yeah, it was, Wednesday. yeah. We played, By the way, how sick is that place? Adlington Golf Centre, and we're, obviously this isn't a paid promotion, clearly, is absolute straight fire. It, it's the best facility in the world that's got it, certainly here in the in the northwest. In, it's unreal. So we went, we hit balls in the range. You've got an indoor range, you've got outdoor mats that feels like even America. Yeah, you have class. got grass tees, which I think open soon. Um, we were hitting a few balls trying to work on our swings. Your swing was looking good. The things know, you're gonna, working I'm on. Post a video on that. Uh, right. My swing isn't looking so good, but I'm working How on was it. it. It was looking it was better. Looking better. Um, and then there's a nine hole course, par three course. People will see from the videos yeah. where there's a normal hole and there's a foot golf hole. We did nine holes to normal hole. We had like two or three balls each working on bits. And then Rick said, so we'd do another nine, have a match, one ball each. Let's play proper. Just on that though, how good was the, how good was the conditions? The greens were honestly, like you said, I think the best greens in all year. And this uh, is a par three course. It's mad. And I, and I went to speak to the guys after and told them. And again, obviously the day after, I'm very, very fortunate. I got to play JCB, which greens are off the scale, granted. Hillside, Adlington are like right up there. Like, which is Unbelievable. crazy for a little par three course. And we played nine holes of a match and we halved it on the last. You had the lead and your <sighs> arse fell out. I went, I went bogey, bogey last yeah. year and halved the match. You held a good, great put on the last Yeah, I did. Pressure doesn't bother so me. It almost felt like you won. Yeah. Yeah, it was a I, I would match. say I won. Um, <laughs> so that was Wednesday. That was 18 holes. Well, not real holes. 18 holes in driving range. Thursday, nine holes driving range. Friday, 12 holes. Saturday, driving range. Sunday, 12 holes. 
You may ask why I'm doing random amounts of holes. My home club, 12, kind of... <laughs> I listened to Rick's story all about bloody <laughs> J- the shot JCB went six foot left and the, the uh, then it fell off the green and I had my wedge out oh for Christ's sake bore off I said one story I actually thought you I thought, to be honest you, it wasn't a Marriott either was it I'd, one of them was at Marriott and he had a hole in one did you see my, in my yeah, Instagram yeah ridiculous so on the famous hole at Marriott the seventh of the water I hit a shot and my stomach went a bit so I was going to go in it didn't do which on your own as well on my own which bizarrely I mean I still would like it to have gone in a way, but actually, imagine having a home on your own. It would be, like your three would shot no one saw. Did it, did it really happen? <laughs> if a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it, does it make a sound? Um, but yeah, I've had a few people tweeting me. Two things that have annoyed me a little bit, but kind of casually. I put this on Twitter. A lot of people are saying, why not play 18 holes? I don't want to. Yeah. So shut up. I don't need to. Other people are saying, oh, wait till your wife gets wind of this, so you must have an understanding wife. Now, firstly, you've got three children. So obviously, you can't go out all the time when you've got three kids because that wouldn't be. Do what I want. Oh, well, yeah. Hadn't you? I do what I want. I'm going to send this voice note a bit to Claire now. Um, <laughs> she but, knows. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Um, but obviously, I don't have kids, and, uh, and my wife likes to play golf. She actually came to one of these rounds in oh, a buggy. Nice. It was really fun. And she came to the range last week and was striping it, by the that way. That was a good shot. That She's she absolutely mullered it. You know what I love? She just grabbed it, hit it with speed, and caught some. And uh, Did she play hockey in the past? No, she's not super sporty. She plays, uh, plays netball. But we went to the Trafford Golf Centre one night. Do you want to go to the range? She was kind of like... Not massively, but yeah, I will You're come. Like, I'll treat you, love. Yeah. <laughs> I'll treat you. 120 balls, on me. <laughs> 240, on me. Um, and we, I got a lady's Nike driver that I kept and I left Nike so she could ever play if she wanted to. It's just a 12 and a half degree ladies flex shaft. And the only thing that upset me a little bit, and you said this before, is when she hit some on top trace that were actually quite decent shots, there wasn't that much speed. So it doesn't pick it up. Yeah. It's a bit frustrating. But some, the vast majority it did, and she got one 145 That's yards. ridiculous. But even that then again, I know we go on about this loads, but that just shows why it's so much fun having data. Yeah. Because if that was just done to a field, you're a bit like, uh. But having data was well, now really she's good. got something to potentially try and beat. Exactly. She's got something when she goes into work on a Monday to go, I went to driving range with, with Guy at the weekend. 145 yards? I've, and and like you, that's a tangible dish. Like you can tell, you can almost say, well, that's from here to the end of the car park or whatever it may be. Well, I actually put a video of it on Twitter, and it's set my second most ever liked tweet. It there had five hundred thirty-three likes and forty thousand views. Which is Abby, quite good. Abby Just, brings the likes exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, some people saying about oh, your wife. It's like, well, firstly, she came with me, and also it's like I don't have kids yet. I can do things that I want to do. Some people are weird. Um, anyway, I played a lot of golf. And getting a bit better. This brings me on to a topic that I want to hear your thoughts on. Okay. I want to announce live <laughs> is on the Rick go? Shields Golf Show Where podcast. Where is this going to go? That. This golf club to my right. So if you're watching, All you'll right. see it. <laughs> if, if, if you're, if you're listening. <laughs> I, thought- <laughs> I want to announce live. I'm doing Quest for the Open 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought you were like, uh, Rick, I'm quitting and I'm going to go and try and do PJ Tour. Gonna, that's, that, that's coming next week. Um, but my announcement is this, and this obviously goes out saying that means that it's not a paid for thing, clearly. The Ping G425 Max 3-Wood, or I'll say Furwood Family, in my opinion, and I want to hear people's comments below, so comment below if you're watching this clip or emails if you're listening. This golf club is the best golf club that's been made in the last 10 years. It's like a skyed one. I have one. Yes, I have. <laughs> I fired one off the rough a little bit and it came up the top. But honestly, the drive, I've got the matching driver and the G425 Max, for me, this is the driver I'm talking about firstly, is very forgiving. It's not the longest in the world, but it's very forgiving. 
And the only downside to the, the driver, I would say, is I'm not a huge fan of the looks of turbulators. They just, just don't look that great. I don't think they do anything either. For me, I don't mind the looks. It's the sound. Yeah, and the driver is quite just loud in sound. Kind of loud. So if anyone tries the, G, the Ping driver, I wouldn't be surprised if most people love it, but also a lot of people say, oh, it's a bit loud. The three Considering wood. you've not had this very long, you've hit it a lot, haven't you? Uh, honest, the three wood, right. So the three wood's still quite loud, so it's a little bit tingy noise. So if you're not a fan of that... But the, the flatness of the bottom, I know you can't see this on, on video, but the flatness, I'm hitting the roof, the flatness of the bottom. Yeah, it's very well shaped. Honest to God, I've hit it so much now. It's so forgiving. Do you it's know what it reminds me of? Unbelievable. A little bit shape-wise, the Adam's tight lines. Yes, it does. That flatness. So this got me thinking of a broader topic, Rick. Uh, that's my shout, but I think that is, honest to God, the best golf club that's been made in the last 10 years. So I've put a thing on my Instagram story asking people to comment. And I want to hear your thoughts. If that's not the best golf club, which you may not think it is, what is the best golf club that's been made in the last 10 years? Give us some re- give us some responses. We've had a lot first. of people saying the tailor-made P790 irons because they yeah. kind of were one of the first... I know PXG kind of did it first, but they were one of the first hollow-head designs by a, a major brand that kind of incorporated distance and forgiveness, but then the looks and feel of a yeah. better player's irons. That is yeah. a great shout. We've had a lot of people saying the um, the tailor-made M2 driver, 2016, 2017 iterations, they were phenomenal. They yeah. were forgiving. They looked good. They went a long way. Uh, we've had a lot of people say two-ball, but actually two-ball, believe it or not, 20 years old yeah, now. Exactly. So I know there's been iterations of two-ball launched in the last 10 years, but ultimately that kind of innovation, if you like, is a bit older. I've got the 20-year-old two-ball in the bag currently. Uh, yeah, Oh, unbelievable putter, so let's good. be honest. So the, the, I think the two ball, I mean, it was a combination of feel, that, that white insert, which wasn't new at the time, but just felt awesome. With the simplicity of these two yeah. discs that were so the same clever. size as a golf ball, is unreal. A few people saying tailor-made spider. Uh, a lot of people, and I think you'll agree with this, are saying F9, driver Cobra F9. Yeah, I think that was a combination of performance, with price, with looks, with a brand that was established, but also kind of felt quite new on the scene. It kind of reinvent. Um, sorry. It reinvented itself, Cobra, didn't it? It went yeah, from having like an old man brand to quite yeah, yeah. cool again. I think they lost the way a bit. They tried to go too cool, Ricky Fowler. Um, so there's been a lot of different shouts. But honestly, I know, again, so much of a golf club is personal. So you're never going to find one golf club. So this is kind of a bit of a silly question in a sense. But I think there is some clubs that just seem to be so good. And I think the G425 family, in particular the Furway, it's honest to God, it's class. Seriously, it's so good. My stool just, my stool just sunk then, and I uh, suddenly had this envision that I was on a roller coaster that was about to crash. <laughs> um, for me, I agree with a lot of, of ones there, but I'd probably, I'm trying to think, if I went to driving range right now, bumped into a group of guys, and they were looking at the golf clubs, mm-hmm. and they were showing, oh, Rick, look, look at this I've got in the bag. What would I, what would I literally want to pull out the bag and go, oh my God, you've got one of these. Like that's prob- That's the best golf club in the last X Epic's been another big shout as well. A Callaway Epic driver, the first iteration. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd probably... Mm, God, this is a hard one. It's hard to put a, num- a, a number one thing on it. I, I'd probably go... I probably would go M2. Mm. Original M2. Like if I saw, if I went to a driving range now and a guy went, oh, what, what driver have you got? And I pulled out and they had an original M2. I'd be like, oh yeah, that is one of the best drivers ever. Yeah. And I still probably would give it original over the next version. I still just think the original was just, just, yeah. Do you amazing. think it's weird how like, we know that there's lots of obviously rules in place by the RNA and the USJ, et cetera, about how far 
golf club technology can go. But yet, there's still a product every now and again, i.e. a ping driver this year. Yeah. I think it's great on the phone. You, you know, you're right. The M2 was phenomenal. SLDR was good. But well, well, I feel like that's where where like SLDR was was very revolutionary yes. in the fact it was 17 degrees of, of launch, 1700 spin. And then I felt like that was unmanageable. And yeah. then the M2 and the M1s were like, well, okay, we're going to embed a bit we'll of that, work on that, but we're just going to make it a little bit more forgiving. Well, that's the thing. That's like, yeah, these com- there's these things in place, but yet there still can be products come out that change the game. And I think Definitely. that's what is exciting. Why, even though, again, most people listening fully understand that, you know, it's not going to be driving next year that's only 20 yards longer. It's not going to happen. But yeah, every year could be that club. Mm, Another shout in the break 75 that's coming soon. I didn't have my club. So I borrowed some from the, from the golf club and I had the new uh, rogue ST driver and the Callaway rogue ST fairway, which are again, phenomenal golf clubs. I was very, very impressed with them. And I think this year actually is becoming a bit of a, almost like an overachieving year with golf clubs because when we saw all the stuff at the start of the year I was super excited just cheer go down again I keep sinking I was super excited about stealth which again we've talked about before I'm not going to repeat myself on that but this year I think we've still got the ping stuff that's current which again I keep talk- talking about we've then got this new Callaway lineup that didn't like excite us when it came out it didn't look that different but performs very well the, Cobra, the Cobra stuff again yeah. same story it didn't look that exciting but performs very well the back end of the year, I think we should have Titleist again. So it's actually one of those years where there are going to be some really good products. And it feels like there's a lot of drivers out there that are for forgiveness. Yeah. If you're after forgiveness, this is a good year to buy a driver. It's almost like managing expectations from, yeah. from everybody. It's like, okay, we might not get this massive leap in technology, but everything from every brand is getting a little bit better. Yeah. And, and it is becoming, like say, these kind of unicorn drivers where it's got distance, forgiveness, low spin, you know, it's got all the characteristics you want from a driver. You're getting that, and a lot of clubs throughout the throughout the board now. You're getting a lot of that now from a lot of different brands, which is is why it is dead exciting. Another thing as well, I tried. I was very impressed with it because obviously the difference is for you clearly try all these clubs to come out and obviously do it in fully in depth reviews on the vast majority. And I, and I have a go at some of the stuff and I get my hands on things and I do try them. But things like golf balls, I don't really try that often. But I tried um, the the Callaway. Let me find the name now. The Callaway Chrome Soft. Is it LS? Yeah, low spin one. Yeah, very impressed. I like that. Yeah, I did. It was still firm enough around the greens. It didn't feel too soft, but when you actually hit an iron with it, it felt like the golf ball was really like, compressing. Yeah. Very good golf ball. It was even like that Wilson Triad. Yeah. I tested a few weeks ago. Like, that was really, really good. And, and again, I made a very bold claim in that video saying it's the best feeling golf ball I've ever putted with and chipped with. It bloody was. Like, it really, really... You actually had a little go with them at, uh, when we did the break 75 um, before you lost them all. <laughs> but, like, but they, they felt... They feel so, so bloody good. But anyway... Um, Kirkland ball as well, by the way. I tried that. Very impressed again. Isn't it mad? Like, uh, well, again, even like my mate who I played with on, on uh, Thursday, like, he'd bought a load on my recommendation. And, like... He still almost quite didn't believe it himself until he actually used them. Yeah. He was like, are they actually really that good, these balls? I'm like, yes. He's like, I bought a load after watching your review, but I'm still not sure. I'm like, mate, they're awesome. And he played, he went, they are actually really good, these balls. I was like, yeah, they are really good. Yeah, they are very good. Um, question for you. Yes. So on Facebook, um, again, not plugged it for a while. If you're not a, a, a member of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group on Facebook, why? What are you doing with yourself? It's free. And don't have the old... I mean, have you seen Paddy the Baddy the other yeah. day called out Mark Zuckerberg for being a lizard? All right. So do you remember you've not heard of that yeah, before? Yeah, um, yeah. Still heard him. of it. Yeah, well, he is. All right, okay. Um, <laughs> so you can join the group. Are we love free. Facebook. 
Huh? We love Facebook. Oh, yeah, we do, really. Or Matter. Yeah, we love Matter. You love... Uh, have you been using your thingy much? Oh, it's ridiculous. Still I, took it, it. I, well, I took it this weekend. Your VR uh, thing. Unreal how good it is. The table tennis is still the best game on it by a million mile. I've got the golf club attachment now, which you've seen as well. Unbelievable. And it's so accurate. So I went on Sunday night to my uh, brother-in-law's, and he's not a golfer, and he put it on, and... It, and the way he hit a golf ball, you can imagine him being at a driving range. That's how he would have hit a golf ball. Yeah. Like, it's so realistic. It's re- unbelievable. It's where the world is going to go, which scary. is exciting and scary. So Dan, anyway, has asked, what about a Rick Shields golf show podcast golf day? Plenty would pay to enter. Could be quite a few videos of content and entry fees could go towards a charity. Talk to me. Oh. Talking <laughs> <laughs> about money then and making money. <laughs> <laughs> making money. Um... I think it'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Why not? Let's do a series of them. Elaborate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to make this statement quite... I'm going to make a statement now, though. Oh, go on. <clears throat> there is one thing that I'd like to run. So, yeah, YouTube, a, a podcast, golf day, I think would be sick. Is this going to be an exclusive now? Yeah. Exclusive to the Rick Shields Golf Show. But one thing, I'm thinking about running again. I've seen a lot of talk online, and we've been party to this conversation who's the best YouTuber, who's this, yeah. who's that, you know, is it Rick? It's obviously going to be Rick. <laughs> He's obviously the best YouTuber, <laughs> golfer and everything else, right? Um, and then there's a bit of commotion when I didn't mention every YouTuber on the planet. Well, today's video, we're going to mention every golf YouTuber. <laughs> so sit back, relax. <laughs> Seven hours later. Uh, so this is uh, John, who's uh, been doing YouTube for a week. And uh, um, anyway, we're going to officially start the ball rolling on... A YouTube golf tournament. Exclusive right now. You've wow. heard it here first. Um, I've started putting some notes down in my phone, and when I start putting notes down, it's serious. Well, don't it starts on paper, then it gets to the phone, <laughs> then you know it is serious. Um, and I think the plan I've got this year is better than YouTube Golf Day 2019, which was amazing, by the way, but I think it's going to blow it out the water. So stay tuned. Um, my chair keeps sinking. Question for you, then. Why you fix your chair? YouTube Golf Day 2019 was, I'd like to think, a success. It raised a lot of money for charity. It got a lot of creators together. <clears throat> it got a lot of fans to come and kind of walk around the golf course and meet some of their favourite creators, etc., etc. And it was really good. Three years down the line, we're now in 2022, do you see this upcoming kind of creator, YouTube, whatever event being the casual, the friendly, or do you see it being a bit more... Let's because that if, if it's very much competitive, that might cause some creators who don't claim to be amazing to not want to enter. So what do you see it as? I, I see it as a festival okay. of YouTube golf. And I think it'll have many different elements. I think it will have competitive elements where needed. Right. Settle beefs. <laughs> figure out who is who is the best. It's just Rick best. on the first team, then fifty people saying, You said you beat me, let's play now. I'm just MC. <laughs> I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm just gonna MC the whole thing. Um but then I think there's gonna be a, a, a separate element which is for content collaborations which getting youtubers together i'd love to even do things like having like almost conferences and stuff having like round tables youtuber round tables nice. filmed or not filmed i'm not sure but um i think now with travel restrictions certainly starting to lift around the world um i think there's definitely ways of doing it um and getting hopefully as many creators possible involved i think the one thing that might be substituted for more creators being involved is less fans playing mm-hmm. but fans can still come and yeah, spectate yeah yeah I think that's that. would you see then this being in the UK because obviously there's the good good guys in TB, America TBC 
I think there could be a way of of bringing everyone together in a preliminary way and then having a finals week at said location, at a location. This is very exciting. I'm probably, I am probably swaying more towards UK. Yeah. Because I think there's obviously a huge amount of UK creators. I'm obviously from the UK. It Logistically, it might just be easier to set up from our end. So, yeah, stay tuned. If you're a YouTuber and you want beef, <laughs> not really. If you want to play in a golf day or a golf week or a festival or whatever it's going to be, where there will be some competitive elements, there'll be collaborations. Um, it's almost a celebration of YouTube. That's the thing for golf. me. Jokes aside, you'd have this match element, but that's, that's not what it would be about. You want people that watch the videos that can attend, can come and watch and meet their favourite creators. But obviously, for the creators themselves, it gives you a chance to collaborate and make videos and yeah. get to say I hello so. in real life to people after three years of Zooms and stuff. And I think I think this time as well, like in 2019, we kind of went, swerved around YouTube and kind of called it YT Golf Day. Yeah. I think this year we can definitely bring YouTube into this a lot more. I think it could be a lot more um, kind of coming from, from actually YouTube themselves as well. So... Stay tuned. More information of this will be coming out soon-ish. Speaking of invitationals, the Live Golf Invitational has been announced. Yes. So it's finally, there's been all this talk, we touched on it a couple of episodes ago um, about this whole kind of Saudi golf league, the SGL, and Greg Norman was the CEO and he was he was fronting it and, and what this meant for golf. There was, at the time, um, I think every golfer in the, well, the top 50 had been approached with lucrative deals to paychecks. sign yeah and a lot of them had, had ended up pledging their alliance to the pj tour so it felt like from from the outset that this kind of sgl was dead and buried and last week i think it was now it was announced by greg norman that live golf invitational as it will be known going forward so it's not sgl that was just kind of a, a placeholder name that people put on it live golf invitational is coming to life going to be eight events, I believe, with the first one at um, Centurion, Centurion in well, I've June. Got, I've got the list here in okay, front so of talk, me. talk me through it. So, I mean, still very much, I've just looked at it even online now, and it's still very much being kind of branded as this kind of Saudi-backed golf super league. Obviously, that's kind of where the money, main money is coming from. And Greg Norman's kind of the, the pin-up boy for it, um, doing a lot of the talking. So, um, June 9 to 11th, location London, Centurion Golf Club. Yes. Now, that kind of makes sense because they've hosted like the Aramco series there before, yep. et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of probably makes sense while it's happening there. Um, a couple of weeks, or just under a month later from July the 1st to the 3rd, which is actually my birthday, uh, in Portland, Punkin Ridge Golf Club. Yeah. Never heard of it? I heard of it. Have you? Yeah. Um, end of July, 29th to 21st, New Jersey, Trump National Golf Club. That'd be interesting to see how that kind of goes down. Uh, September 2nd to the 4th, Boston, the International. September, middle of September in Chicago at Rich Harvest Farms. Rich Harvest Farms, quite a fitting name for this Super League. <laughs> um, October 7 to 9, Bangkok at Stonehill. And then finishing, uh, as you kind of probably would imagine, it's in Saudi Arabia, Jeddah at Royal Greens Golf Club. Uh, and then the team championship. I don't think the location has been set for that yet, which is a couple of weeks later. Well, there's been actually, Greg Norman has been on a couple of podcasts himself. He was on, he was on the Bunkered podcast and shout out to them guys. They did an amazing job interviewing him. Um, and he gave a lot more clarity on this. So part of it excites me and part of it has left me not as excited. So the format, I believe, is going to be 54 whole events with no cut. Yes. 
obviously there's this team element going still. But originally when this got rumoured about, it was this team element, certainly with the Premier Golf League that we talked about a couple of years ago, it was that you would have the same teams week in, week it's out. Almost like, like a franchise. The yeah, like really. the F1. You'd almost have a constructors and a, a individuals. Yeah. But now Greg Norman has positioned it that this isn't a competition to the PJ Tour and the, European, the DP World Tour, that players can dip in and out. So I'm not quite sure then how the the the, the team one yeah. works. Let's just say... Adam Scott, first person I think of, he decides to play one week and then doesn't. Yep. How does he then fit into the team? Yeah, I'm not exactly. sure. Um, well, from what I understand, a lot of these dates that I've just mentioned then are very cleverly squeezed in between a big tournament and both tours. So, so what he's said, he has said, again, this is all from other podcasts I listen to, that he doesn't want to go against majors. He would never go against the huge team events, i.e. your Ryder Cups, your President Cups. And he also doesn't want to go against what he calls heritage events. So like your players, your, your serious PJ Tour events. But naturally, some of these are up again. I think one's the Canadian Open and other PJ Tour events, like Denmark and other stuff, so, so European Tour events. So it will naturally, I think that there's 45 or 47 PJ Tour events a year. So naturally, it's going to go up against. Of course so, it has to, because there's one every week. Yeah, exactly. And he's very confident that the PGA Tour cannot ban their players because they're independent contractors. So I'm excited to see what it comes out like. I am. But I'm also a little bit dubious in some regards because most of these big, big names have come out and said, we are not playing. Yeah, yeah. So Rory's come out and said that. Dustin's quite said that now. I think even we could even say Bryson said that. A lot of them have said they're not going to play. So, but are they not? But this is almost like changed again. Well, it has. But think how strong they've been yeah, again. Yeah. So you, you might apparently because it's an invitational. He sent out invita invites like 250 golfers or something, and he's waiting to hear back. Apparently, a lot of the big names have got back in touch. He, he says he claims. I, I don't know. Um, but he's also quite adamant this is here to stay this isn't just a one-year thing so he's saying let's just say a guy who is 150th in the world wins one and wins like two million dollars whatever it is it's incredible prize money that it won't take long before the top players in the world start saying well that guy is nowhere near as good as me i've won 700 grand last week and this guy's won two million i want a bit of that but we've chatted about this before off uh, it makes you wonder about how much these top top tour pros are bothered about money like, yes, it's important. But when you're growing up playing golf to be the best at your golf club, to get in the Lancashire team, the county team, whatever it might be, to, to win the club championship, you don't do it to win 50 quid in your account and buy some Pro V1s, do you? You win no. it for that pride. And I think even at this top, top level, money's brilliant. But like Rory said, he's got enough money. He, he only stays in three of his rooms in his house. It's probably yeah. 20. So I don't, do you think it's enough? This what, Is it the well, lifestyle you, of less well, holes? The, the only way I can see this being let's say the the saudi invitational that that happens every year anyway yep. think about the players that went for that mm -hmm. just for the money yeah because that's what they went for yeah. really bryson brooks patrick reed uh even tony fee now more recently um like they aren't really going to play in that event unless it's no. for money so i do still think it plays a huge part it's like let's say on the table as long as it's not interfering with, with any of your majors or your big events if someone said, right, Rick, Rick, you can play in this event, which is Canadian Open, okay, yep. whatever it may be, and the purse for that is X amount, but there's 120 players in it, okay? So the chance of you winning that is fairly slim. Yeah. Isn't it, really? Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, of course. On the other hand, you can fly over to Centurion in London. You're only going to go against 48 golfers, so like less than half the field, yeah. and the money is like three times more. You're going to be tempted, aren't you? You, you? you have to be. From a... From a from a, any of these top players in the world, it's more like it's a business decision. 
Now, when you when it was more you tie into the league and it's very big payout, that's a different conversation because yeah. that's you're completely cutting yourself off from the other side of things if you decide to go down that route. So this is a very interesting tactic that they've gone with because all before now there was no events, there was no tangible. It evidence. was almost an idea. It felt like an idea. And to be honest, I would never have imagined an event being seen this year. As much as no. they said it. I was like, you can't, you can't just pull out events from midair. Boom. We'll pull out events from midair ex- somehow. Exactly. And what, again, I don't know if I've just said this or not, but what he's also said is that even if this year, let's say the first event you get, the, the best ranked guy, let's just say, is tie, is 150th in the world and the rest are kind of almost, I don't say nobody's, that's very disrespectful, but, you know, for the sake of this, nobody's. Um, that's fine with them. It's, it's the first year. He keeps calling it a startup. It's a beta test year that it will carry on and it, it, they're confident that eventually the big guys will come over. But It's a, it's a, a startup with how many, how half many a hundreds billion of billions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I think as a, a golfer, as a kind of golf fan, I'm definitely interested to see what this first event is like. This it's, feels more like a WGC now mm. than it does a separate league, breakaway yeah. league. Well, there's also, they asked him in the podcast again about what, t- will it obviously be televised? And he said, yes, it will. I think he said he was in talks with 11 broadcasters who they've signed NDAs with. So I'm thinking, obviously, your Sky, I won't be surprised if it's like your Amazon, let me just, whoa, 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 Let me just check my emails, just in case they want to host it on the Rick Shields <laughs> Gov channel. <laughs> uh, listen, if it's going to be hosted on the channel, let's let's have a talk. Um, but that's, that's so, it's it's very interesting to see where this goes. Um, I, I, you're right, there is, money does play a big part in golf, but I do also think the best players want to play against the best players. And it's a little bit like, and again, no disrespect, but with some of the majors when Tiger didn't play, you almost felt like, did it have an asterisk next yeah, to yeah. when somebody won a major without Tiger? Not really, but yeah. But, you know, if you're winning that event, yes, you've won loads of money, but if you're not playing against the best, how, as a competitor, you know, apparently as well, they're going to get world ranking points through the Asian tour who sanctioned it. So I don't, there's a lot to take in. Again, there's some great podcasts out there that, that interview him. Um, but, but I still think, like, it's such a different plan to what it was like even two months ago. Well, he was very adamant it's not a breakaway league, but it felt like, to me, and I know nothing, but it felt like it initially was very much a breakaway league. Of course it was, yeah. Um, and now it's almost like, they're almost like exhibition matches. Well, that's it really, isn't it? And actually, one of the things I, I, I'm kind of, in, in some ways, I'm very much for this 54 holes and um, shotgun start because it means it's so much easier to consume as a fan. You can sit down with a four-hour window. And it's still going to be shotgun start. These Apparently ones. so. Um, but one of the things that Nick Fowler did a very interesting video, we did like an eight-minute I know you watched it as well, like an eight-minute Twitter video where he sat down and gave his opinion. It was really quite cool. And he was very much for the whole part of a cut and how at the players um who was it it um, was um oh my god john, uh, john, ram, ram. john ram had a put i think to make the cut and he got it and he fist pumped or whatever and he was saying that even the world number one wants to make the cut mm. and that it's another kind of sub-narrative to the story which i suppose it is if you're a hardcore viewer of golf the cut line is another oh you've got your favorite player you've got money on somebody the cut is a another narrative without a cut is it a bit mickey mouse there's two ways of looking at it, I guess, isn't there? There's the one way that you know if you're going to watch that event and you're going on the, I don't know if it's Saturday least, or Yeah, Sunday. whatever day it finishes on, you're going that day. Your favourite player will be playing. Um, the other thing I thought of, though, was quite weird. This is a very, this is something that's much further down the line. If it's a 54-hole event shotgun start, then obviously the winner will finish at the same time that last place finishes, for example. How would that be with things of grandstands? Because normally the 18th hole has the biggest grandstand or one of the biggest grandstands because that's where the winner will eventually win unless it goes to a playoff or whatever it might be. 
But what happens if the winner holds a putt and they finish on the seventh hole? Mm. They're I mean, probably more likely to finish just, on the... Do you think they'll still start them on one because yeah, they can? They're gonna, yeah. Well, they're going to finish it. The, the winner's going to come either on 16th, 17th, 18th or... Well, you'd think so. But 15th, 16th, 17th, or 18th green, real, realistically. Well, not a, lot, a lot of golf courses don't have great... I mean, if you think about I know, St. Andrews, for example, the 16th green wouldn't really have a very good grandstand, would it? As far as I'm thinking. Would, would it? No. Oh, 16 does. does you, it? Know, you know what I'd like to see, weirdly, what would be really cool, is if it was almost like a, a 52-hole tournament, and then the last four holes was like just a top yeah. 10. Or whatever it but, may be. But that's, there will be a point, though, I imagine, where somebody will win on, like, hole 13 yeah, or whatever it might be, and there's not much of a... I don't know. Yeah, so I'd be true. interested to see how that works that. out. But it's uh, news. We've got to talk about it. It's exciting. Um, yeah. Who it knows? Is, it's very... I mean, Faldo, like I say, in his Twitter um, post, I don't think Faldo and Norman are particularly good friends. Well, that know of. But, like, it, it's very interesting hearing all these different sides, the pros, the cons, the, the back and forths, like, where the money's coming from, who's kind of backing it, how, how are they going to make it happen if they've not got the best players in the world? I think, what was, I think what was funny, though, as well, is is they asked him about the Saudi money and how he feels about that or whatever, and he kind of turned it around and said, well, you know, the European Tour have events in Saudi, and... I looked at this thing online as well because obviously Newcastle United have been bought by Saudis and stuff. There's a lot of businesses that are huge businesses that have obviously that Saudi investment and stuff. And it depends how you look at it. Um, but it's exciting. Mm, we'll see what happens come uh, June the 9th. See who's actually playing in it. Exciting. I might get I might get a phone call. <laughs> Come play in it, Rick. Yeah, why not? Would you? A little six mil. 500 grand. What's the last place get? <laughs> Probably 500 grand. Great, yeah. Okay. Five million pounds. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. Um, so, I've had another question. A bit more of a nerdy one. A bit more of an equipment one again. But it's from David Zitterbart. If companies like TaylorMade and Callaway, etc. spend so much on developing club heads, why do they seemingly outsource all the shafts? Is the quality not as important? Why don't they develop their own? I feel like we've had this conversation with someone. I think it's just is it a simple fact that the, the shaft manufacturers are specialists yeah. at doing that. So, the brand can focus on the head. And the grip and the shaft can be outsourced to somebody that really knows what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you used to get like, Callow well Callaway printed shaft. They used to have it as RCH on them, or whatever. Um, but they never seemed as was now it's a huge market, isn't it? An aftermarket as well for yeah. these kind of and exotic it must, shafts. It just mustn't be as co- cost effective. Like, think about all the infrastructure and everything you've got. To, you've got to do to make these shafts. All the R and D, all the research. Well, you've got teams already doing that. You've got you've got huge amount of like experts that are making these shafts that you can just kind of plug into your own clubs now yeah I'm trying to think of another example like would does like tires mercedes don't make their own tires do they like i wonder if apple make every single bit of the apple i'm sure samsung phone. weirdly make a lot of apple stuff for screens or something which oh, is right, mad. Yeah, really? I'm, sure, I'm sure they do so there you go there's loads of different ways of kind of when you actually think about like an apple product like and like cars like how many times is like oh yeah the, the this audi has got the um steering wheel off a Lamborghini or whatever or the way around or whatever yeah. it's like it's mad how much it kind of gets crossed crossed around um next we've got a guest on I've just noticed that Matt's off in the diary apparently so I don't know how we're going to put this one together but we've got a good guest next week and Matt isn't here so um somebody's going to have to who's our guest one sec it's in the diary oh yeah okay cool so next week's guest is um I think what we, we, somebody again I was chatting to you the other day we talked about guests and I said how you know we absolutely adore having your likes of Faldo Bryson, um, Tommy, etc. These huge, huge names. 
But some of our favourite podcasts as well have been like your James Robinsons, etc. Yeah, yeah. People who other people might not have really known of. Next week kind of sits in between the two, I think. It's a very exciting guest. I don't want to touch on it now in case for whatever reason it doesn't go ahead. It should go ahead, obviously. Um, but I think it'll be a very insightful Yeah, I'm really episode. excited about that one. And we might drop a Friday treat out this week. Who knows? I'm not saying it will. There might be clips. So we touched it a couple of weeks ago on the main, oh, sorry, on the podcast YouTube channel now. You're going to have the full podcast, which you might be watching. So, hi. Um, there's going to be clips as well, which some of the stuff we spoke up today will be. And full podcast is going to look red. Is that right, Matt? Red? Yeah. yeah it's going to have a red kind of thumbnail. Clips are green and bonus clips are yellow. So, again, we're not taking stuff away from the podcast, but it's little things that might happen in the week that we want to talk about. So, it's a lot coming. I uh, I got involved in my other favourite sports this week. Badminton. I F1. I didn't do badminton. F1. I think we got tickets for the finals on badminton. We didn't go. Sunday, we didn't go. Um, F1. Yeah. Watched a bit of F1. Yeah. And then watched the Champions League match on Tuesday. You're an all-around sports guy. Uh, United were terrible. But F1, F1 was good. I found it really interesting. Yeah. I found I, it, I'm definitely into it a bit more now. Off, I found off it fascinating. I, I just kind of... I find with that smaller feel, like you do really get invested in each and every single one yeah. of the drivers. Where... The fields in golf are so large. You just can't ever yeah, get and invested. As much as I agree with, well, I do agree with that full, but the only good thing is with the golf is that it can allow players that you don't know of within a year. Like Morikawa, I know he was a massive amateur, but he kind of burst on the he scene did. and now he's such Victor a Victor Hovland. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you kind of get, whereas in F1, I guess you have to be in F2 and then qualify as a, as a backup driver or whatever and get into it, that, yeah, that way. Yeah, the amount of people that get picked are very, very, very slim. You know, some of these big podcasts, they have like a Patreon where people pay a monthly fee and they get bonus content. Done. I would love to do that and make people pay fortunes, like 100 quid a month, I'm joking. And I've always thinking, what could we do? That could be it. A spin-off podcast, Rick Sports podcast, where you have a very limited knowledge about loads of sports. We chat about it like we know what we're talking about. So I go, oh, F1, the DRS, blood, get rid of DRS. I learned what DRS was yesterday on Wikipedia. We can talk like we know what we're talking about. Love it. Because that's the thing, when people have a little knowledge, it's more dangerous. It is. And I'd like to think I know a little bit about golf equipment, maybe a little bit more than a little bit, but not as much as some people. But when I go to the driving range, I hear so many people talking absolute garbage. Oh, about golf. But to their mate, yeah. they know a bit, and yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? Well, I saw somebody at the driving range the other day setting up a launch monitor, right? A brand new launch monitor out the box. And they're setting it up, and they were setting it up so badly. Like, it was so not even close to being wet. Like, obviously, you want it down the target line, don't you? Yes. This launch monitor was like, like semi-behind him. Like, on behind his heel line, thinking, well, you're not going to get any numbers But does that there. not worry you? Because if, if that guy didn't know you were or anything, and he tried to give you golf advice, you would be able to know it was garbage, right? But if you had a flat tyre or you needed plumbing work doing, and he gave the same advice, you might believe him yeah, because he knows more would, than you. Would, yeah. But it could be the equally nonsense. Yeah. Well, I, I just kind of went over and said, oh, is this, is this new launch monitor? He went, yeah, yeah, just got it before. I said, um, I think at the moment you might have it in the wrong place. Do you want to have a quick check of the manual and just check where it's supposed to be? He went, oh, I thought this was right. I went, oh, I don't think it is. He's, and he kind of like, I don't think he obviously watched the videos and stuff. He went, oh, have you got one? I went, well, I have actually. Yeah, I've got quite a few of them. All right, okay, thanks, mate. Yeah. And it, I think he then pulled out the manual and fingers crossed he actually set it up in the right place because where he had it was horrendous. Should have grabbed his phone off him. Gone to Instagram, typed in your name, said, That's who you're talking to. <laughs> <mate."> <laughs> <laughs> That's what you normally do. As if, as if. I normally walk around with like, like a Rick Shields like. Well, it's that, it's when you said the other day that you went out, obviously, after the golf into Liverpool for a few drinks, but 
when you come to a queue, you just get out your in, get out your phone, log into Winston, mm. just walk into the front line out with the blue tick show and let like, you in yeah. straight away. But to be honest, it's worked a couple of times recently, though, hasn't it? It has. It worked in St Andrews. That was wrong. But not wrong from your point of view, but wrong from... Tell that story quickly or not, let's save that for another time. Let's save that, just in case any restaurants are listening. Yeah. If you ever get, basically restaurants, if you ever get a, an email or a, a thingy off Rick Shields, just let him in. <laughs> right, guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. A bit of a random one, but hopefully lots of nice information. <laughs> we'll see you next week with a guest, episode 124. Unless we sneak one out on Friday. Rick, I love your nice information. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>